Portia, we are just two pearls. Join us for adventures in pearls. A reading from Unraveling My Thoughts by Shanna C. Melton. And the poem is called, I Have God in Me. 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 In me, in me, in me. I have God in me. I have God. I have God. I have God. I have God in me. Why do I keep saying that so I can believe? Bones, blood, flesh, skin, spirit, 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 light, hope, faith, gifted with purpose. Why would I ever abuse it or take it for granted? Who knows why? Unfortunately, I still do it. So I have to keep chanting until I know this. So well it manifests in all that I do. I have God in me. 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 In me, in me, in me. I have God. I have God. I have God. I have God in me. Why do I keep saying that? So I can believe. Amen. Amen. Okay, so time for an adventure. Yes. So it is now the end of April. And I was realizing the other day that we have been doing Pearl shows since September. Yeah. Since the end of September. So that means that depending on who's counting and how they're counting, it's been at least six or seven months. Yep. And I think it's really important to celebrate all major milestones um, and especially this Pearl milestone. I think that's what our show is all about. Celebrating things big and small that we're able to accomplish together. And sometimes people ask me, um, now that we've been doing the show for a while, so some of our friends are just coming around, y'all know who you are, um, and they'll ask me, you know, why is it that we're doing the show, um, et cetera, et cetera. And I think um, a couple of things. Uh, first of all, of course, we do have a lot in common. Mm-hmm. I was about um, a week and a half ago, I was at a conference and we did another one of those personality evaluations. You know, how you're going <laughs> to work in the workplace and who you should work with and all that. You know those. They make us do those in ministry. I feel like. You know, I love those. All the time. I can't stand them. <laughs> Too much internal work. And I think that's exactly the point, though, that we have very different personalities. I'm like, can we just do the work? And Portia's like, well, how do we gel? How do we work together? Like, we have technically personalities that wouldn't necessarily be, like, business partnership with each other. Mm-hmm. And um, you and I talk about this all the time. Um, the need for, I think, especially women of color to mm-hmm. figure out ways to support each other, even if we're not. We do have a lot in common. People mm-hmm. don't know that, but we actually have a lot in common. We do. Um, <laughs> but also you know, regardless of whether or not we have a lot in common, mm-hmm. figuring out ways to support each other and to thrive and to grow together. And I think that's what this is all about, that we are modeling that ability to be able to come together, even if it's technically not the right personality types or gel or, you know, whatever. <laughs> um, and still figuring out ways to grow and to thrive 
together. And so that's what I would have kind of for my adventure today today to um, take the risk to reach out to people, um, not necessarily along racial and gendered lines, um, <laughs> but definitely along those lines as well, and figure out ways to support your friends and maybe even to support people who aren't your friends, but who are just on the rise and perhaps even could just use an encouraging word from you. Um, mm. So that is probably both encouragement and our adventure. And I'm really excited that we've been on the Pearl journey for six or seven months, depending on who's counting. Yes, I'm in agreement. Yay, Jamie. Yay, us. <laughs> and yay, Dan. <laughs> Who's always with us. All right, Jamie. So what's on the table today? Okay, so it is Resurrection Week. Yep. The week after Easter Sunday is what we mean by that. Mm-hmm. And um, I was just thinking, you know, what would it look like for us to talk about the relevance of the resurrection mm-hmm. in 2017. Yeah. He got up. Well, I, you know, <laughs> our text for this year is the John 20 text, which is, you know, really focuses on the presence of the women in the scripture. Yes. Um, and of course, John's presence. John makes his presence known. Yes, he does. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> but I know, you know, we talk about this a lot in um, seminaries and divinity schools. Um, about the resurrection and what yeah. it means for us today. Um, and so, I mean, I think there are two parts of this. You know, um, part of it is, I want to say, suspend your disbelief. <laughs> um, because the entire story of Jesus is, you know, Jesus' physical presence mm-hmm. on the planet Earth mm-hmm. is completely unbelievable to any reasonable person. I'm. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, we don't really know, uh, you know, we could go on forever and ever about what this means that um, that his mother was able to have an immaculate conception. Right. Right. So we could go on and on forever about what that means and what its relevance is to us today. Right. Um, And I think um, some people get that relevance right. Other people get it not so right. But it's something that we could go on about forever. And then, of course, at the end of his life, you know, this crucifixion, um, which was like a really violent and painful way to die, which I don't think we actually pay enough attention to. The, right. The the challenges, to put it lightly, of being crucified. Or capital punishment of the day. Amen. <laughs> Speak on that. Yeah, the capital punishment of the day. Yeah, we don't really think about that either. Like Jesus was affixed to a cross between other criminals, just like himself. And there was capital punishment. And I don't think we talk enough about Jesus as this crucified criminal. And I remember hearing that for the first time when we were at Div School. Um, Actually, I heard it out of uh, Dean Sterling's mouth. And I was like, wow. I was like, what does that mean? Um, And so it's just like, what does that mean for us as uh, Christians and believers and followers of Christ to, quote unquote, be followers of a crucified criminal? And it's Mm -hmm. like, I think that challenges people's theologies and biblical teaching when we say that Jesus Christ was a criminal. And I heard Toby Saunders say, um, Reverend Toby Saunders, he's out, he's out of New Jersey. He said that Jesus Christ was, um, he said he was guilty, but sinless, mm-hmm. sinless, but yet still guilty. I was like, whoa, like in terms of just like him being tried and on trial and him being found guilty in the eyes of the law. But yet our belief is that, um, you know, Jesus Christ came to embody the law, mm-hmm. you know, and that he is the law. Right. It's just like. I'm the law. I can lay my life down. Not you. You don't take my life from me. I have say over my life. And so it's like, what does that mean, right, mm-hmm. for people um, in t- today's society? And I don't know. Did you catch um, the Enemy of the State uh, series 
Mary John Wesley. Y'all go check that out. It's so good. It's on YouTube. Uh, Enemy of the State. Go watch it. <laughs> it's a four-part sermon series. Go watch it. <laughs> I'm, yeah. So, yes, I do remember Dean Sterling um, referring to Jesus as a crucified criminal. And I remember that um, I think if we're talking about the same event, unless he said that multiple times, uh, the Michelle Alexander event is where I heard yeah, him say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's okay. where it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, right. So that has particular relevance. And especially if we think about Jesus um, historically, the historical Jesus, historical um, Jesus. who was probably a man of color. Yeah. Not a blonde haired man. A Palestinian Jew. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm in relationship to criminalization, the criminalization that we do of the bodies of men of color. Right. Um, you're right. That has certain relevance to and then like you said if we then add in that layer of well he technically was guilty of what they said what they said that he did right and yet he's our savior so how does that help us to conceptualize the criminalized body of color differently Mm. um which i think has particular relevance to us in this moment in which so many black and brown people not just men but men and women are finding themselves incarcerated and then even the way that For those of us who are not or have never been incarcerated, the way that we continue to live in incarcerated ways. Right. And the ways that, you know, even the presence of a black person acting fully self-actualized as themselves leads to a suspicion of criminalization. Yep. Um, I know that in mostly white spaces, which is where I went to, you know, I did all of my schooling in mostly white spaces. But I remember like in high school times when teachers would see me and perhaps other friends who were people of color in the hallway. And, you know, they would say things like trouble. What? And I never really understood what that meant. And now as I'm like getting older, I'm like, wow, we were being called trouble just for standing in the hallway talking to each other. What? Like, really? Mm. So even for those of us who's like, we ain't doing nothing except being black in the world. Hello. So, uh, why my trouble? Right. <laughs> you know, that just, mm, that's that story, that that kind of like, it kind of upsets me, even though like it's not particularly happening like right in this moment, but it's ha- it's a story that you're sharing. That just goes to show like some of the injustices like in our world. Like that makes me mad. Like it does. Like I'm like kind of mad now, um, <laughs> you know, but I've got to think on Jesus for a second. Just, just bring it back to Jesus, Portia. Bring it back to Jesus. Because that right there, when you just being yourself and you're just doing what you want to do, like, and just being who you are, and then people calling you trouble, like, that to me is upsetting on another level. And I think that's why um, sometimes, like, when I think about Jesus and who Jesus is, um, just the fact that they, the Pharisees would call him trouble. Like, mm-hmm. oh, you're making trouble. You're being trouble. You're trouble. And it's just like, okay, so what does that mean for us as people? Are we called to be troublemakers as prophets? Oh, that's good. Are we called to be troublemakers? Wow. Um, and I never really thought about that to like just not out of this conversation. It's like, is that what we're called to do to, to create the trouble in the world and creating a world as could be, should be, and also understanding for what the world is as it is? Right. Yeah. Right. So understanding Jesus in this moment of um, where he becomes a criminal Mm-hmm. as being a sacred troublemaker. Yeah. Um I think has particular relevance to us today. Yep. Um uh and I want to definitely use that word sacred. Yes. Not just making trouble for the sake of making trouble, right. but making trouble for the sake of bringing about a new more peaceful world order. 
yep, sacred trouble or like righteous noise and just mm-hmm. like these things that where we just stir the pot for the sake of the kingdom and mm-hmm. not just for the sake of just doing, a, oh, because I'm a free person and I can do whatever I want. No, 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 no. For the kingdom of God. And that was why Jesus came. And that's the the, the important part of his resurrection because it just defied natural law. Mm-hmm. So when we think about the political law of the day and how Jesus defied political law, but he mm-hmm. even defied natural law right. by raising himself from the dead. Like exactly. what? Who does that, Jesus? <laughs> <laughs> and so literally Jesus defied the laws mm-hmm. and it's like, wow. And so right. like, I wonder what that looks like for some of us as we're moving through this life. Like, mm-hmm. what does it mean to defy the law in sacred spaces or in sacred ways or righteously or justly or, and, and humbly and mercifully? <laughs> you know, now I'm pulling from Micah 6, right? Um, so, but still, it's just like, what does that look like and what does that mean? And I think the resurrection of Jesus is just so powerful. Like when we think about it and we really live into that, I just think it's amazing. Mm-hmm. I, I do. Like, I'm so amazed by, like, Jesus. I love Jesus. Yeah. I'm such a Jesus follower. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's a good thing. And I, I think we just have to, you know, the, the, the high holy moments of our churches, mm-hmm. um, which I think being Baptist is mostly just Christmas and Easter. Um, <laughs> but they really call us to consider what does it mean to follow Jesus. Right. Um, and I think... Every year we have to actually take the time, you know, Mm -hmm. during those seasons to actually think about what does it look like for me to follow Jesus. And I think that's kind of what we're trying to get at with this show. Not so much, you know, going back and doing um, some of the theology that so many of our foremothers and forefathers have done, which is important. And we should read it and we should understand theologically who Jesus was. But I think we also need to practically, you know, you know, I think I'm, we're concerned with orthodoxy, right? Like the right way of believing, but we should also be concerned with orthopractice. What is the right way of acting in light of what we know theologically? And I think that's kind of what we're trying to get at here. Um, how would the resurrection make us understand, um, you know, our own bodies differently mm-hmm. um, for all of us? But then, like I said, I think especially when we think of a crucified criminal who also just so happened to be a man of color, mm-hmm. how would we think about, you know, the black body and the righteous or sacred trouble that's happening all around us differently um, in light Mm. of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Mm. So anyway, so happy resurrection week, everybody. Yay. (laughs) And we're going to start a new segment um, called Petty Pearls. And this 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 particular segment, um, I just want to give credit where credit is due. This is all Portia's idea from the brilliant mind of Portia Williams. Um, and so that means that she gets to give us our first petty pearl moment. Oh, my. The first, the inaugural petty pearl moment. Well, in light of our conversation, Jamie, the petty pearl moment of the day, I'm thinking about the disciples, Jamie. So we are talking about the resurrection, but before the resurrection, well, actually, even post-resurrection. So let me tell you why they're, they're petty post and pre-resurrection. So Break it pre, down. So pre-resurrection <laughs> disciples, right, who walked with Jesus, who talked with Jesus, who had an exclusive in-crowd uh, view of what Jesus was like. And then you got these special disciples, right, mm-hmm. the chosen three, the three musketeers, you know, James, John, and Peter, right. right, who are literally on the inside. You know, they were 
there in Gethsemane when Jesus told them to stay woke and to stay awake and yet they fell asleep. Mm -hmm. So that's petty. Um, It's like, can you not like just keep awake for like a few minutes? And Mm -hmm. Jesus has asked you, could you do it? Or even when they were at the Mount of Transfiguration and they came down and Jesus was like, what's going on with all this chaos? Could y'all not have healed this boy and these demons? Like what's going on? But at the cross, Jamie, at the cross where we saw the light, <laughs> the disciples were not there. This man who they journeyed with, who they said they loved, who they said, we got your back. We broke bread. We washed our feet. But yet they were not there when he was crucified at the cross. Where were they? That I got. I got mm, petty. Where were y'all? You know, where were you when they crucified our Lord? Mm, Were you there? Were you there? I know who wasn't there. The disciples. The ladies were there. The ladies were there. John was there. Come on, Jamie. (laughs) John, Mary, Mary. Come on now. They were there. But then post-resurrection, right? You know, when Jesus has has, uh, revealed himself as, you know, as resurrected. And who sees him, Jamie? Mary. So he revealed himself to the woman first. Let's mm-hmm. be clear about that. Woman saw Jesus first after the resurrection. And she ran and told that. Yes, she did. Yes, she did. And they didn't believe her right away. Because <laughs> they petty. Because they petty. So, but then, right, after that, he went and said, he went before them and they didn't even recognize him. Or better yet, even Thomas was like, well, where is this Jesus at? You said Jesus got up. Well, where he at? I don't believe you. Like, I got to see it. I got to see the. I got to see it. And so it's like, really, after all the things that Jesus has done, you got to see it to believe it, Thomas. Come on now. But anyway, those are just my thoughts. Because we're in the book of John, you know what I'm saying? These are all perspectives and Portia's uh, take on the book of John. Petty moments. The disciples. Mm, y'all got my petty moment of the week. Where were you? before and after this episode was produced by our producer dan warren keep up with our adventures on itunes soundcloud or on our website just two pearls.com you can also follow us on twitter facebook and instagram at just two pearls email us at adventures at just two pearls.com we are a production of the 224 Ecospace. And remember, cultivate the pearl within you.